Welcome to What the Fuck Yoga Podcast. I'm your host, Anna. And I'm your other host, Katie. And today we have a special guest on the show, Erin uh, Motz of Bad Yogi. Say hi. Hi. Welcome. Good to be here. Again. Happy to be back. <laughs> yeah, we're always excited to have you. Always. <laughs> well, I'm excited to be here, so that's good Thanks. news. <laughs> How's your week been going? It's been good. It's been a little, um, a little hectic. I still feel like I'm coming off of this crazy travel schedule and getting back into my normal routine yeah. though that's really not a fair excuse because I've been home for like two and a half weeks but <laughs> really? it takes a while you know you were in the states right yeah I was and then we went to Austria right after that I was teaching so yeah it's just been like a lot but I think uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm getting there I'm, I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm good <laughs> how about you guys how are you how's your week been Pretty good. It's been good. Yeah. It's been crazy weather here. I know it's freezing. It's really? winter again today. What? Yeah. Oh my God. We had a few Why? Days of summer. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we really don't know. But yeah, that's awful. Week. I started my volleyball league. Woo! So that's fun. What? Yeah, we got clobbered. <laughs> we were playing this like oh my God. super serious team at work. They must be in accounting or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was it was good. We we did poorly. Yeah, <laughs> but then, but then you know, you're just having fun with it. Exactly. So it's like, you know, you don't have to win every time. Oh, I mean, don't you though? <laughs> I'm a lit. I've been informed this week that I'm competitive. I didn't realize. Are you really? That. Yeah, apparently so. I'm so not competitive. I didn't think I was, and then my friend Bridget was like, do you hear yourself right now? <laughs> Calm down, Katie. <laughs> I kept, like, trying to, like, pay for her coffee, and then I'd be like, I win. She's like, you're, you're crazy. You're super competitive. You're insane. Well, anyway. Well, that's funny. What are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about Samadhi. Woohoo! It's the last limb, guys. You made it. Oh, my God. We made it. We made it. We <laughs> Felt like we were never going to get there. Yeah, we did. But we got there. Somehow we did. We did. Can we do a quick recap? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay, so a recap of the eight limbs, in case you guys forgot. Uh, the first one is the yamas. Those are the moral codes, uh, your your disciplines. And then the second limb are the niyamas, and that is self-purification and the restraints. Third limb is asana, or the physical postures of yoga. And then the fourth is pranayama, which is breath control. Fifth is Pratyahara, sense withdrawal. What are we at? Six? I think so. <laughs> Six is Dharana, which is concentration. Seventh is Dhyana, meditation. And eighth oh, is Samadhi, enlightenment. So now we're all enlightened. Great. <laughs> right? It's that easy. That's perfect. That so all you just so say easy. them and then boom, it happens. Yep. All I you have to do it. is listen to our podcast, <laughs> read some bad yogi articles, and then you're good to go. I feel, totally. I feel different. I feel like a totally different I feel like person. I am one with the universe. Me too. Just Absolutely. by talking about it. <laughs> so what is samadhi? Super consciousness. Ooh. It's the highest state you can attain as a yogi. Wow. wow. I feel like you should get a medal. <laughs> so samadhi is a less known term that a lot of people haven't heard of, but most people have heard of nirvana. Mm -hmm. Not the band. Not the, not the band. <laughs> Does not smell like teen, teen spirit. Um, I had it. might. Teen, do we really know? I don't know. I've never been there. Maybe it does. <laughs> you walk in and it's just like, oh, it smells, smells like, like teen spirit. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like depression and guilt. <laughs> and high school lockers. Yes. Um, so nirvana is the Buddhist equivalent of samadhi. So when you reach samadhi... It is thought that you have merged with the item of your concentration, of your meditation. Right. So same, same, but different. Yeah. Right? Nirvana and Samadhi. Yes. Okay. Uh, so how do you get there? How do we get to this state of enlightenment? Mm, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, you don't just listen to our podcast. <laughs> we lie. <laughs> Fake news. It's through long <laughs> sessions of intense meditation. And when you meditate, you develop these divine virtues, they say, mm -hmm. and you create spiritual pathways in your mind. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like exercising. You're building those muscles, those spiritual muscles, and then um, eventually those muscles push aside impure thoughts. And then even the consciousness of your body disappears. So you're not even conscious of like your arms and stuff. <laughs> of your muscles? Of your muscles. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah. I, I think. And then the senses and the mind are silence. Shh. Shh. It's 
sounds scary. It sounds like a one of those um, sensory deprivation chambers. <laughs> oh, have you ever done one of those? I have not, but it kind of it, it's like sounding familiar to me as as we're uh, talking about this. So I'm yeah. like, you know what that yeah. sounds like? I've always wanted to try one of those. I've so never I, wanted to try really. One. No, me neither. You I'm did. with you. I'm with you. I would have to try one. Um, there's like closed tanks and there's open tanks. I would oh. definitely need an open one because I okay. would feel really claustrophobic in a closed tank. Yeah. Like I'm going to drown. I don't <laughs> yeah. think that I'd be claustrophobic. I think I'd get bored. Okay. Like I mean. Yeah, because yeah. I definitely, I've heard that like time passes at a different pace when you're inside it or it feels like it passes at a different pace. And um, I had a friend who did it and he loved it, like totally transformed. He's describing this amazing experience he had that was super enlightening. I mean, it really sounded like it brought him to this new level of consciousness, but I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd be too freaked out. The claustrophobia one, and then two, just the neuroticness of my yeah. psyche. You know? <laughs> I don't want to be trapped alone with myself. I mean, you're not trapped, though. You can get out whenever you want. That's the thing. It's not like you have to stay in there. They don't, like, lock you in. (laughs) Yeah, they're not locking you in there. But I'm also super cheap, and I'll be like, I paid for an hour. Damn it. I'm (laughs) in here for an hour. I'm going to suffer for an hour. (laughs) I come out, and I'm just like... (laughs) I mean, everyone I've ever talked to who's done it has loved it. Yeah. And they were afraid of the same thing. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to... What am I going to do for an hour? Yeah. Some people have, like, just fallen asleep. Some people, like... No, right. the water's That's my not that high. <laughs> You're floating, and the water's, it's like an inch of water, like a couple inches if, of water. If I can oh. take a book in there and a flashlight, I'll be good. <laughs> right. <laughs> no one's going to stop you. You do you. You do you. Yeah, but that kind of defeats the whole sensory yeah. deprivation <laughs> part. Point. Listen, you paid for it. You do whatever you want to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Maybe I didn't want sensory <laughs> deprivation. I just wanted a tank of salty water. <laughs> that you could float right? in. That I could float in. All right, like, cool. Honestly, I can do that in my own bathtub, put on some horse blinders, and call it a day. Throw in a bag of Epsom salts. <laughs> yeah, a couple bags. <laughs> Five bags. I mean, I guess that's true. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think that's actually a really good way to... Try meditation. Like, really? Yeah. I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, because but. your mind literally has, well, I mean, your mind can wander, but you don't have the physical distractions right. that you would have totally. in the real world. I'm going to try it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I will sit outside your tank with a book so cool. that when you come out, I can put a, a towel around oh, your shoulders. Oh, thanks, girl. Aww. You um, let us know how that goes. Yeah, I will. I will let you back. know. <laughs> So when you reach Samadhi, it's thought that this is where humans become one with the divine and all imperfections and limitations are just left in your dust. (laughs) So according to Swami Rama, Samadhi is the continuous and spontaneous flowing of truth. Mm. Yeah. It's all about experiencing yourself even while your personal identity disappears. Okay. So So you can experience yourself, but yourself isn't really there. So is that that whole duality thing that I don't have a grasp on yet? It's non-duality. It's not. Yes. Right, right, right. Non-duality. And we are going to dive deep into non-duality oh, no. very shortly. Great. So get ready and buckle up, Buttercup. I'm pulling my, my big girl pants on. <laughs> you're, you're big girl I'm really, pants. I'm really it's nervous. just one leg. It's just one leg. Yeah. <laughs> my non-dualistic pants. That is a skirt. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, my skirt. <laughs> We need more coffee around here. I do too. Um, so I just, yeah. So let's just remember that these are supposed to build on one another. The limbs are supposed to build on one another. And eventually, you know, if all goes well and you do your homework, you do your work, um, you reach samadhi and you attain enlightenment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I just want to repeat again for like the millionth time that the last three limbs, especially blend together so through dharana which is concentration um at some point hopefully you then reach a state of dhyana which is then meditation and then at the peak of meditation maybe you experience samadhi so it can be difficult to kind of separate these three limbs because they do all need each other to exist yeah and they kind of flow in and out of each other so you could be sitting there and all of a sudden you're in dharana and then dhyana and then dharana and then dhyana and then samadhi and then dhyana and then samadhi right 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 so it's in dharana you're intensely concentrating on one thing then with 
Diana, you establish a link with that thing. And then in Samadhi, you become one with that thing. So if you're intensely concentrating on the divine or the universe, right. that's that progression. So in Dharana, you're concentrating on the universe. Diana, you link up with that universe. Think Avatar, you know, like I've tail and tail. Seen Avatar. Don't worry. It's, I, oh, no, I have. What am I saying? I've seen Avatar. People, yeah, how do you yeah, forget? Yeah. I don't know. I saw it one time, and it was like three or four years ago. I saw it in the front row of the theater with 3D glasses on, and I threw up afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) It was bad. It was a bad experience. Um, So anyway, Dharana, concentrating on the universe. Diana, establishing a link with the universe. Samadhi, you are one with the universe. Non-duality. Non-duality. Wear a skirt. Wear a skirt. Thank you. Okay, you are a skirt. But can you even, do you think you can actually reach samadhi if you're just thinking about being in these other two states? So, like, you're intensely concentrating on a thing. Okay, I'm in Dharana. Uh, you establish a link with this thing. Okay, now I'm in Diana. Can you even get beyond those two things, those two phases, if you're thinking about them? Probably I not. don't know because I've never so. done it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's interesting that you bring that up because Swami Rama says you are not, you can't sit down and practice these things. So these last three limbs are not practicable. They're not practices where you can sit down and say, okay, now I'm going to concentrate on something and now I will establish a link. It just happens through the previous limbs. So you're exactly right. If you're thinking about doing that, you can't possibly merge with it. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you have to be thinking about it and practicing. Because you don't just like go through your day and you're like, oh my God, I'm meditating. Like I have arrived. You set yeah. aside time to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to practice my, my concentration and my meditation. And maybe I'll hit samadhi for a second. Maybe not. That is a good point. So it's like yes and no. But you can right? sit down. You can sit down in a meditative position yeah. and work to clear your mind. Yeah. But at a certain point, that takes over, right? Right. So it's. I mean, you can you can prepare yourself for the practice right. and sit there and clear your mind and do all the phases up until that point. And maybe it'll happen, and maybe it yeah. won't. And I, you just like you can't. You have to trust the universe, man. I'm trusting, but I just think you have to not like get so caught up on what's happening. Like, okay, now I'm in Dharana. I'm kind right. of, like, you can't exactly label it. it. It's just like, right. Let it flow. Let it just yeah. flow in and out. Don't label. That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. Labels got it. Kill people. Drop the labels. <laughs> Hashtag drop the labels. Hashtag drop the labels. That makes more sense. Yeah. It does. Yeah. <sighs> So samadhi is not a constant state either. So we reach samadhi at the peak of meditation. The body and the mind are at rest, but they're also very alert. Does that make sense? (laughs) Um, So if you're experiencing samadhi, you've passed beyond consciousness into a state of pure bliss. So uh, people often say that they have a revelation that you and God or the universe or the divine, whatever it is you believe in, are one, and that's that non-dualism. You have merged. Right. And all the piddly little life stuff just becomes nothing. So you gain this new understanding of yourself. And a lot of people say it feels like waking up from a dream and you suddenly have clarity. Oh, I like that. It must be nice, right? Right. <laughs> Supposedly. I just want a little clarity. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> too much to ask for. Um, Eric Schiffman says, the word, the word yoga means yoke and yoke means union and joining. Through the practice of yoga, you join your specific mind with the infinite mind through the act of listening for guidance and thereby experience your already existing oneness with the infinite. In this way, there is only one mind in your awareness, not your mind and the infinite mind, but infinite mind only expressing itself as you. What? Let's unpack that. (laughs) (laughs) Can we? Let's unpack that. So... Yoga means joining, which we all know Mm -hmm. um, by this point, hopefully. (laughs) And as you practice yoga, your mind joins the mind of whatever divine you believe in. And that's how you experience that oneness. So that oneness was always there, but we get so distracted by life that we can't experience that until we reach samadhi. So like the collective... Yeah, conscious for me, the collective consciousness. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that term. Yep. Or if you believe in God, that's God. Right. So, um... What if you don't believe in anything? I don't know. 
Because that's know. how I was always. Yeah. Was. <laughs> how I was mm-hmm. always was. But, like, can you be atheist and meditate and experience I think so. this? Yeah. I think so. Because you still, I mean, I am an atheist and I still believe in things that that like this energy that's around us but then you wouldn't be atheist right no you would because atheist is just not god believing oh i thought it was like you don't believe in anything no, like no, you die it just means and then you, that's it well that is kind of what i believe but oh, okay but it just means like theist that suffix theist yeah. theism is god so it just means oh, that you do that. not believe in a god okay oh my god am i atheist then I don't know, are you? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> You're blowing my mind. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> um, so, as you go through this and you establish this, mind, this you know, mind connection between your mind and the divine mind, it teaches you that you are the divine mind. You are everything in the universe as everything in the universe is you, which is... What? Why you? What? Oh, the what? What? Oh, not not it's dualism. Not dualism. I wasn't paying attention. It's the skirt. You're a skirt. Non dualism. You are no longer pants. You are a skirt. And it's the thing that I love about non dualism is that it teaches you that you are everything, and everything is you. We're all made out of the same energy, but we're so conditioned. Like if you think about that, it's like holy crap, I'm God. And then you're like, oh, I can't say stuff like that. Like that is. Right. And we've been conditioned to be humble, and it's kind of just ruining us, right? If we would just right. believe that we are good and we are awesome and everybody is good and everybody is awesome, then we could just be better people. That's hard to do, though, when there's a lot of shitty people in there. <laughs> but no, but no, 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 I get it. I Those get shitty it. people are probably shitty because they think that they're not enough. Right. If they thought that they were the best thing in the universe yeah. in a non-narcissistic altruistic way yeah you know yeah there'd be a lot less shitty people well yeah fewer excuse me fewer fewer shitty people fewer shitty people (laughs) what do you think Erin I there are so many things uh that I'm thinking um I think it's interesting because we have I think we have diverging um beliefs in a way because Mm -hmm. I I think it's interesting that um so talking about energy being connected to all this energy but that doesn't mean God to you. And that not that I have any problem with that, but I'm wondering how do you separate? So then what is that? Do you, do you, what, what is that to you? It's not, it's not God. Um, but then what is it? I think it's, for me, it's nature. Cause it's just, we're all on this planet together and there's this thing that grows out of the earth. And I don't know. I, I think it's just nature based and I see it in a more like scientific way. Okay. Where mm-hmm. it's just kind of all these things like, I find the beauty in, I I don't want to say magic, but like the magic of evolution, the magic of science and how all of these things have to line up so crazily and they do. And it takes its time in order to do that. Like all this time that it took for that one coincidence to happen that turned on, you know, that expressed this gene so that tadpoles could grow legs and turn into humans. Right. So right. I I just see it in a different way. Instead of like a creator, I see that as the earth creating. Yes, yes, that's beautiful. I think. Well, I mean, I agree with you, honestly. I um I happen to believe in God, but I also agree, and I believe in everything that you um, just articulated as well. Um, and I think a lot of times it comes down to just calling it differently. You mm-hmm. know, totally. So I totally agree. um. Yeah, and then the other part about uh, non-dualism, this was always trippy to me because it's like we are everything, everything is us, you know? That's always like, okay, are we all high here? (laughs) 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 That's like that. That's the kind of talk that, like, we have to back up a step to to make sure our our monkey human brains actually take that in, you know? Like, hold on. What does this actually mean? Let's put it in tangible terms. At least this is what my brain says, you know? Um, Have you guys, are you familiar with, like, A Course in Miracles at all? No. So it's this book. I mean, it's it's a huge book. It's like a, honestly, it's like a Bible. I mean, it's like a thousand something pages. And essentially a lot of the, 
current the present day spiritual guru teachers teach from a course of miracles so like the like gabby bernstein marianne williamson all these people um and this is essentially the teaching like if you boil everything down to the most concentrated lesson in there it's basically that that you are everything in the universe and everything in the universe is you and the reality that we walk around in every day in our brain is essentially a dream and even like references it it's a dream it's not real and if we can tap into this inner part of ourselves that is what's true only love is real etc 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 so it's kind of like similar uh similar lessons yeah. across all these different from all these different teachers you know right. that's pretty cool yeah but it is trippy i mean there's literally a Beatles song what's it's, i am the walrus I am you, or you <laughs> are me, and he is she, and she is me, and we are all t- brands. I mean, a couple and they yeah. were high there, but... as a kite, but oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Beatles got it. Yeah. We can get it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. That's funny. Yeah, I'm going to have to look up a course. I yeah, actually already did on my phone, so I will be looking into that. But it's interesting, this idea of Samadhi is kind of universal across all religions they just all mm-hmm. call it something different right and as we are examples of non-religions you know yeah. so it's yeah that yeah people really this is a true experience that people have that really crosses oh, well, those barriers totally totally I mean, and i i definitely think that no one belief system has like a monopoly on truth right. you know because i think at the best, at the core, the, the best versions of all these belief systems, like all boils down to similar things, you know, um, whether, and like you said, whether it's like God based or anything else, uh, it all has a very similar feel to it and it should feel good. It should feel right. like, Oh yeah, no, I can see how that would be a good, a good thing to get to whatever you call it. Exactly. Yeah. And that kind of actually reminds me of, um, well, Aaron, I listened to your podcast episode on religion and spirituality that you did like a couple weeks ago. I think, yeah, yeah. Where you really like dove deep into this stuff. But Katie, like you were saying that um, your belief system is more like nature and science based, but like you can see the miracles in creating life or whatever. Right. And Aaron, you had a line in your podcast episode, and I wish I wrote it down, but it says something like you can have heartless science and um, what was it like blind faith and then that's when everything goes wrong but when you right. blend the two together that's when like you know I like really that. beautiful things right. happen yeah totally yeah and I, I mean I agree like I don't I don't care for either end of the spectrum when people who are um they call themselves atheists and they're just really aggressive in trying to disprove somebody else's belief, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like that's not really, what's your point, you know, whereas, and same on the other side, I mean, my goodness, people who are like ultra aggressive and trying to convert you that nobody likes that either. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you can be, you can be unpleasant on either end of of that, uh, (laughs) of that scale. Yes, you can. And it's, I think it's interesting too, that our first instinct when we meet somebody who's, who has a different belief is to question it and is to say, well, why Mm -hmm. prove it? And it's, I mean, that's something that I experienced in high school. I had, um, friends who were, belonged to just one church that was very focused on conversion mm-hmm. and it was like every lunch was a fight and I was like why do you care just let me leave me alone yeah you know? like, yeah I'm not trying to and then I get defensive and mm-hmm. yes and it really like kind of screwed me up on the thought of religion for a long time and like we've talked about this before yeah, where it's yeah. like I was kind of like militant when people would be like somebody would say something like oh well how can you believe that and be like well because it just makes sense I don't and like I would go straight back into that defensive mode that I had had to put myself in when they were questioning me and I didn't actually have to I could have walked away (laughs) and stopped being friends with them but when you're in high school you're like oh my god friends I can't do that you know they're the only people who love me Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's such a, it's a really touchy thing. And I think it, it would be better if we could, I mean, that's a perfect world. So wishful thinking, yeah. but you know, it would be better if we could all just be like, yeah, I'm definitely opening. I'm, I'm open to listening to you. You right. know, like, wouldn't that be great if we could just say, maybe, maybe that's, that's 
true samadhi though you know (laughs) when you're like yes everything is right everything is fine (laughs) I accept everyone maybe that's part of it I mean literally all the world's issues would go away if that happened so (laughs) if everybody reached samadhi there would be no war (laughs) exactly um so another thing uh Eric Schiffman said that really struck me what regarding this topic is we think self-appreciation is egotistical, but really it's just the reverse. It's egotistical not to feel good, not to be appreciative of the creative energy or the consciousness we are. And I thought that was really cool because we, you know, like we're talking about we're supposed to be humble, but really that's kind of throwing it in the face of whatever we believe in. Yeah. It's saying like, mm-hmm. you, you didn't create me perfect mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so you know if you believe in god it's like saying yeah god you really kind of screwed up on me <laughs> like what were you doing yeah. you know and that's kind of that's it's not how we should be thinking about whatever we believe in yeah okay so and it also yeah it it, it um kind of excuses you from being grateful you know yeah, because then yeah. you're only focusing on the negative really really if all you're focusing on is like the problems in your life or the I wish I was this or if I only had that mm-hmm. then it's like well you're completely ignoring all the other stuff right mm-hmm. all the good stuff you do have mm-hmm. so when we're entering samadhi it's important to master non-attachment um because if you get your, your crazy samadhi superpowers, <laughs> while you still have attachment to worldly things, um, it's thought that you'll use it for personal gain. Uh-huh. That was something in uh, Swami Rama's royal path, but it didn't go into detail. And I was kind of wondering what you guys thought of that, because I don't know how you would use samadhi for personal gain. I don't know, because <laughs> I don't have it, so I don't, <laughs> I don't have superpowers. It sounds like Ooh, superhero. But, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, so I guess if you have truly reached that, I was going to say, if you've truly reached that point, then you wouldn't have the desire to use it for personal gain. Right. But if, I think there, and this is the case with a lot of spiritual teachers out there, if you've gotten close enough, then you could use it for your personal gain to be like, you know what? I'm going to charge people money to teach this to them, you know, when really it can't really be taught in that way. It has to be something that you personally go on a journey to uncover. Right. 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 And there's a lot of people who have abused that power. Yeah. But I feel like, like you were saying, if they actually reach some, then they wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Aren't you supposed to die once you reach, Somebody too. That's my yeah. That is seriously something I can't get my head around. I'm like, well, don't even. Nobody can claim that they have reached this point because why would you still be here? Right. (laughs) It's done. You finished. (laughs) You win. (laughs) I think that's the Buddhist point of view. I think I read somewhere that the Buddhist point of view is once you reach nirvana, you die. You no longer need your physical body. There's no point. You've learned everything you need to learn. But I think the yogis don't believe that. Okay. Like you can still go on living. You're just an enlightened being. I remember reading about some sage who allegedly reached Samadhi and Uh then just dropped dead. Oh, okay. Wow. So maybe it's not just the Buddhas. Well, it could have been a Buddhist sage. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I don't remember. I don't know, but I know that the Buddhists believe that you just die afterwards. Interesting. And then they also believe this is wacky. I think we've talked about this before too, Katie. Um, they believe that when you die, the universe dies with you because you've created your own reality. <gasps> we have talked about this, yeah. like, every time. Yeah, mind blown. What? Wait, so, hold on. What do you mean the universe? Like, everything around you? Yeah, because we've created our own, so they say, um, mm-hmm. and didn't you say earlier, like, you're kind of just, like, in this dream because you are in your own reality, Okay, yeah, okay, okay, so I follow. when you die, the universe dies with you. Gotcha. Well, well that like is billion, your, universe. Your, your universe. So there's a billion different universes. realities right. and universes out there. Probably more than that. There's like an infinite amount. But yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. Well, crazy. yeah. Cool. <laughs> so getting back on track. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, with Samadhi, like we, you know, do you just... We still live in the real world. And yes, if you don't just do. die when you <laughs> reach Samadhi, 
it's like, okay, well, now what? So um, Swami Rama is talking about how we have to practice non-attachment so that we can still live and function in the real world, but we're not dependent on all the things in it. Mm. So, like, if there's a zombie apocalypse and your home burns down and you lose all your money because there's no banks anymore and there's zombies everywhere and, I don't know, like... Do you have to not care? Your water bottle's gone. I don't know. No. No. That's... That, after all these examples, you're like, not my water not bottle. Not my... BPA free one. Please no. <laughs> it's a blender bottle. <laughs> but in the event of a zombie apocalypse, if you have reached samadhi, you're kind of like, okay, I can go with this. I still need something to carry my water around though, in the zombie. <laughs> that is just, just like strictly from a survival yeah, perspective. That yeah. is true. So maybe if your house burns down, grab your water bottle. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> cool. Really good at non-attachment. All right, so <laughs> last week we discussed how one doesn't necessarily have to be practicing meditation to experience this. Um, I mean, maybe, unless you're like a super strict eight limbs person. But um, <laughs> this feeling or this experience of samadhi can happen to anyone who is so focused in on whatever they're doing. So that would be dharana, correct? Focusing, yes. concentrating? Okay. Um, so again, focusing on whatever activity they're performing, that they get swallowed up in it, they become one one with it, so then dhyana happens. So, for example, um, I've heard this happening with, like, dancers, artists, musicians, writers, athletes, whatever. They enter, like, this flow state. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, maybe... Do you think they can experience like little glimpses? Of- yes, because right now I'm having an epiphany. Yeah, because it's so when we're when we're in dharana, mm-hmm. it's that intense concentration. Yeah. So when I'm writing, I'm concentrated. Yeah, and I'm there. Uh-huh. But then you go into dhyana, uh-huh. where it starts. You make this connection with whatever you're writing about. Okay, and it just starts to flow, and all of a sudden you get in this flow state where you black out. <laughs> You have merged with what you're doing. You've yeah. merged with your art, and then you come out of it 20 minutes later, and you don't remember anything that you wrote. Wow. I've been there. So is that like binge drinking? Were you, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I am one with the bottle. Then, yeah. It's different. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's the samadhi that we're oh, looking okay. for. Got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think if I've ever in asana, I bet in asana for sure. Yeah. It happens like once in a blue moon, where everything is just happening on the mat, and it's like you don't even have to think, and it, right. everything just feels amazing. And yeah, your awareness of your body like disappears. Yeah, that flows totally, flow state. totally. That's yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. What about you, Erin? Have you ever gotten into that flow state? Yeah, definitely. Actually, I, I've I've felt it a lot in teaching. Um, it happens pretty regularly when I teach actually. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it does feel that way. I don't know, you know, but I don't know if I would, if I would say that I've like blacked out and like not, not been like, not been able to remember or, or something like that. But I mean, definitely where I feel like I am just doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel completely present. Like the world could be burning down around me and it's like, it's all fine. <laughs> Everything is fine right here. So yeah, I think I think I have definitely. Very cool. I love that. So there are actually two states of samadhi, like two different levels. So savikalpa samadhi is the lower stage. So you still retain that sense of individuality. So I am still separate from the truth or the infinite or God or whatever you believe. Um, and you still retain this intense love and longing for the ideal, for that that infinite truth. And then the second state is nirvikalpa samadhi, and that's the higher state. So that's when your individual individuality disappears and you are truly one with the divine. So you have now merged into the ideal. There is no more duality. Congratulations. <laughs> you have achieved eternal bliss. So you can still experience it while experiencing duality. Correct. Like okay. at that lower level. So it's kind of like a transition almost, okay. it seems like. So mm-hmm. Samadhi is like all of these limbs. It's not an on or off. Right. It's a transition into. In and out. Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm wondering what you guys, I'm curious about your opinion on this. So. One thing that has come up a lot in, I don't know, like pop culture and wellness 
is the use of psychedelics to actually aid in basically the pursuit of this state, you know? And I'm wondering, have you heard of that and what you think about that? I would Um, try it. I would, oh God. I think so like I ayahuasca, I think, is scared. one example that, that, you know, gets talked about a lot, too. I want to try ayahuasca real bad. I'll do it with you. Okay, let's go. Because I'm so scared. <laughs> but um, my, so my little brother is um, super into, not like drugs, he's not like a druggie, but yeah, yeah. he will um, take mushrooms from time to time by himself mm-hmm. and just to meditate, just to, like meditate for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has told me some pretty fascinating things yeah. where I'm like oh okay like I it it makes sense to me where he hears um it's like all the voices in your head become one and according to him this is what he this is his experience okay this is speaking yeah. from a person's experience just everything becomes so clear and you he just gets whatever information he needs in that moment that's really so he'll do this like I don't know once every summer and then like once in the winter right yeah. Wow. And yeah. I feel like it can definitely help you attain that state and yeah. you can see what it feels like. But I feel like the intent yeah. is that you are not attached to that worldly thing. Right. So you can do this without the aid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That being said, I feel like everybody should experience Samadhi, right? <laughs> right. Psychedelics <laughs> for all? Psychedelics for all. What I mean, you- I'm not... I. I don't care either way. Like you do you. I don't really have an opinion on it, but I definitely think it it could aid in this state. Yeah. I have zero issues with it. What do you think? Yeah. For for me personally, I'm, I'm like right there with you. I do not care about any, what anybody else does. I'm like, yes, if that's go for it. Absolutely. Um, me personally, I would say for myself, I'm totally not interested at all. Kind of for similar reason that you just said, um, which was that I'm like, okay, so our goal is to kind of transcend this human world. Well, if you want to say it's our goal, but to transcend this human physical world and to attain this other level of consciousness and awareness, um, then using something to get you there. It's like cheating, right? right? You know, right. I can see that <laughs> um, which listen, cheating is great because it's very efficient. So, <laughs> right. get the, <laughs> uh, so I'm not like hating on it for that reason, but for my own personal thing, I'm like, and eh, now I'm going to pass. Right. <laughs> I kind of think of it as, like, an inversion stool. Mm, so, like, okay. I love that you do, comparison. Yeah, because you use it so that you can, like, once you're upside down, you're like, oh, I this now I understand like. yeah. what yeah. I'm supposed to do with my core, what I'm supposed to do, like, how I'm supposed to press my hips yeah. into this. So you get some feedback where it's like, okay, now I have some tips about like a prop. how to get there. It's yeah. like using blocks. It's a prop. <laughs> I got to freaking love psychedelic. <laughs> and then, but then the goal is to figure out how to do that, how to work up to it yourself, and how to take all the proper steps Mm -hmm. that you need instead of skipping from A to Z. Right. So I I can definitely see how psychedelics are going to give you that insight Mm -hmm. into this is what you're missing out on if you don't do it at all. Right. This (laughs) is, you know, this is your, like, sneak peek. Don't Mm. you want to get there? Mm. But then I can see a lot of people going, that was fucking amazing. I'm just going to keep doing this. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Right. Yeah, I think it depends on the personality. For sure. You know? Definitely. Yeah. But again, you do you. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. So there's a word to describe samadhi, and it's samahitam. And that is the state where all one's questions are answered, which I thought was really cool. And that takes you beyond doubt and beyond thought and beyond feeling. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. truth where you get that clarity on everything that you ever wondered about. And I bet that clarity is none of it matters. None of it is all <laughs> yeah. bullshit. I bet that's the, the moral of the story. What's the word again? Can you say it again? Uh, samahitam. Samahitam. I like that. Samahitam. Samahitam. Cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. So can you think, Erin, of a specific time when you've actually experienced Samahi? Um... Let me think. Definitely. I mean, it would be hard to like, I I could say, honestly, probably 70% of the classes that I've taught, especially, I mean, workshops, yes, because it's it's a big group and there's so much energy there, but 
Even more so, I would say, um, when I taught regular classes, like every day, when I was teaching full time, it was like just the perfect balance of I have no pressure. There's nothing going on outside of this. Uh, I'm 100% here. Not that I'm not 100% there when I'm teaching a workshop, but um, there's it's not as on the fly as like a class used to be for me. So yeah, I mean, definitely all of my classes. And then I've also experienced this, or at least glimpses of it, in nature, and which makes perfect sense to me because, like we talked about earlier, I think uh, we're all connected to that anyway. So, of course, we would experience this in nature, or we could. So, yeah, um, when I'm when I've been in certain places, like in the mountains, um, I've definitely been like, there is nothing wrong. I feel like I'm completely just in line with the earth itself, as hippie as that sounds. But yeah, <laughs> nope, <laughs> definitely. I get it. I get it. Yeah, sense. yeah. Um, is meditation a part of your routine, your yoga routine? I honestly, it hasn't been for a while. I've kind of kind of fallen away from it. Um, but the the way I see it is, I think meditation can take so many different forms. And I think you can be sitting in silence on your meditation pillow for 30 minutes at a time, or you can be hiking somewhere and you kind of get a similar experience. You can get a similar experience. So I think I have meditative elements in my day, but as of the last few months, I haven't had a formal meditation practice as embarrassing as it is to admit (laughs) for a yoga teacher. Because I don't either. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It works for some people and doesn't work for others. Yeah. It's really fascinating to hear, like, just practitioner. It's not even, like, one school of yoga to another. It's just practitioner to practitioner. Like, when I was um, doing my teacher training, my teacher's belief was that meditation is formal meditation. Like, if you're walking in the forest, you're not meditating. Mm. Yes. And I, like, couldn't get... You're like, no. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I know you're the professional here, but... And, you know, then you hear other people and it's they say meditation is anything. Meditation is that flow state doing what you love. And I just yeah. think it's so interesting. Even there are concepts that we say are, you know, everybody interprets differently, but meditation is like every single person interprets it differently. There's no like schools of thought on it. It's just so personal. It is. And I think it's, it's okay. I mean, obviously it's okay for it to be personal, but I heard something similar from my friend who's a Kundalini yoga teacher and she's amazing. I love her. I love her classes. Um, and we were, I did a podcast with her not too long ago, actually, where we talked about this and she was like, um, yeah, so meditation, uh, basically exactly what you said. There's, there's proper meditation, but after a yoga class, when you're in Shavasana and you're doing like a body scan, that's not meditation. Right. She says, because you know, you don't have like a specific intention. You're just, it's a relaxation, but it's not a meditation. And I was like, okay. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. And maybe by the book, it's not quote unquote meditation, but I wouldn't be so quick to, for, for me personally, I'm not a Kundalini yoga teacher either, but I wouldn't be so quick to tell people like, oh, that thing you do that feels really, that's not, that doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Yeah. I actually had a student ask me the difference between Shavasana and meditation like two weeks ago. <laughs> and it's, oh. I answered the best that I could but because it's so personal it's like Mm -hmm. it could be your meditation I think shavasana can be meditation I I think so too I don't think that's the intent right Um, right because when you're in shavasana it's it's almost like it's corpse pose so it's kind of the end of that life Mm -hmm. cycle so it's almost like it's past meditation if you think about it that way yeah and it's like beyond meditation right but I also think of it as you're you're still working mm-hmm. because you've just done your asana and this is the time to digest your practice. Mm-hmm. So like you ate all those nutrients, you ate all those yoga poses, <laughs> and now you're digesting it and integrating it into your body. Yeah. But why you wouldn't be able to get into a meditative state while doing that? You totally I don't know. Could. Yeah. You could. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. I lied to my student. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so I, th- I, I think that's true. And I think to, another thing that my friend said was that meditation is work. It's not, 
just relaxation, like meditation in her mind, based on her, uh, how she teaches is there's a purpose for a meditation. So when you're doing uh, one specific Kriya or working with one mantra for 40 days and you're doing it for 12 minutes a day and you're pumping your arms, you know, side to side, because that's part of the thing, like it's work and it has a certain, um, a certain timeline and all of this. So in that sense, I'm like, okay, well then that's just a different kind of meditation, but is it, is anything else meditation? Yeah, I would definitely say so. So yeah, it is interesting. All the different thought processes (laughs) on what is and what isn't. Because, sorry, you go, you go. (laughs) Because my teacher was very focused on no movement is okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like we do our asana to work all that energy out so that we can sit perfectly still, not scratch our nose, not fidget. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, you know, that Mm. one meditation is pumping the arms and moving and forcing that prana up and down. And the other one is dead, dead stillness, you know? Yeah. Have you ever done any kind of Kundalini? No. We've been talking talking about about trying it. You should. It's super, it's like really out there, but in a cool way, you know, it's really, uh, yeah, it's really out there, but it's, it's fun. And especially I really enjoy the meditation aspect of it because they are very difficult, I would say, because there's so much to focus on. Like so often in a Kundalini meditation, like your face is in a certain shape or like your mouth is doing something specific, not in words, but like in shape. Okay. (laughs) And then you're doing a, a specific mudra with your hands, but they're moving like you're tapping each finger individually with each, um, with each sound that you make. And then there's also a mantra. So like they're, they're super involved and there's a lot going on. But the cool thing about it is that because there's so much going on, your brain is literally focused on nothing except right. that meditation. So it has this weird power, powerful element to it, which I, that's one thing that I really liked about it. I liked the weirdness and I liked that it was so, so challenging and involved because it really takes you to a really deep place. Um, and I don't know what it, I don't know how, and I don't know why, but it really does. So you should definitely, you'd probably think it was really cool if you tried yeah, it. Yeah. We got to find a place. We do. Yeah. I don't know of any Kundalini centers in we the suburbs. Yeah. We have, we've got to go downtown. Yeah. We'd have to go to Chicago, which would be fun. Yeah. A Chicago trip. Yeah. Hey. Let's do it. We're getting an Airbnb. It'll be a whole thing. Oh, it's romantic. <laughs> I'll take you out to a nice dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds good. Deal. Well, any other thoughts on Samadhi, Erin? You know, I don't, I don't think so. I think for me, all of this is like, Hey, it's all of this is so great to know. It's so great to learn. And it's good to have this thing to kind of subtly work through yeah. or work towards in life. But in general, I feel like one of the most ultimate expressions of this is actually to just live your life in a way that is as fulfilling as possible. So how many minutes of your day can you spend doing things that are like, yes, I love what I'm doing. I love this thing that I'm doing, you know? And of course we're not going to get a hundred out of a hundred every time or even close. But if that's the pursuit that we're focused on, I think we can get a lot closer to that than if we just sat on autopilot every day. Totally agree. Absolutely. Katie, any last thoughts? No, but I, like, I'm kind of wondering, you were talking about death before, like, I I kind of wonder if the idea here is that regardless of whether you reach Samadhi, Mm -hmm. I wonder, like, when you die, do you get that? Like, it's nice. like, right? <laughs> that would like, be great. Like, it's like, okay, well, you didn't make it in. Like, everybody gets a chance. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, chance. yeah. Well, I bet. I mean, that's maybe that's also, like, from a from a more spiritual perspective. But, I mean, I'm sure you, you guys have probably heard all different stories, like random anecdotes from people who have, like, yeah. died chemically. And then they've, they've been revived and mm-hmm. they're like, okay, here's what I saw. And not just like, I'm not talking about quote, you know, like heaven. I'm talking about this overwhelming feeling of like love, of clarity, of completeness, you know, right. um, that like, that's what's, that's what's there. So maybe that's the transition, you know? And like, yeah. we, like you said, we all feel that before we're like, okay, peace out. <laughs> <laughs> I just got goosebumps. I want that, those to be my last words. <laughs> peace out. <Yeah. laughs> I like that though. 
I think that's a good thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if you don't get there, you'll get you'll there. You'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> we'll all get there. We'll all get there. We were watching um, Parks and Rec last night. I just finished Parks and Rec like last week. Oh, um, we, good. We started it. And there's, oh, God, I, Chris, is that his name? He's like Rob Lowe. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. He yeah. said something. He's like, I. They think that the first man to live to 150 is born, and I am him. <laughs> I, I just giggled. And I am him. And I am him. <laughs> All right. I don't want to live that long. I don't either. Yeah, yeah no. Yes, anyway. <laughs> I mean, if everybody else was living that long. Right, then hell yeah. I have severe nah. FOMO, so I'd be like, guys. I want to live that long, too. Don't have fun without me. <laughs> But I'm not just going to sit alone for 30, for 50 years. No. So. No. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for joining us oh, again. Yeah. Of course. It was, it was fun as usual. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So tell our listeners where they can find you. Well, as usual, you can find me on badyogi.com. I have tons of yoga resources, free classes, basically anything free you're going to find there. I have my eight-week yoga program, CBYP, which is perfectbodyyogaprogram.com, where we believe that the perfect body is really just the healthiest version of the body you already have. And then lastly, um, I have our digital studio, which is studio.badyogi.com, and uh, that's where I have a a uh, constantly growing library of brand new full-length classes every single week. So that's where you can practice with me. And like I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Bad Yogi Official. So that's easy to remember too. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. I really appreciate you having me on again. Yeah, absolutely. We always love having you. We do. Oh, thanks. You guys can find us at WTFYogaPodcast.com or you can find us on the Bad Yogi blog at BadYogi.com slash blog. You can email us at any time at wtfyogapodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram, WTF Yoga Podcast. Facebook. All the places. Yep. And that's it. That's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, Hey guys. We hope you love what you hear on What the Fuck Yoga Podcast. If you do, please like and subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. Also, follow us on Facebook and the Gram, aka Instagram. Send us your burning questions or comments to WTFYogaPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.